Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. This is John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Down, down. John. Hey, buddy. How are you? How are you? I'm so good. It's nice to see your beautiful face in person. It is. It's nice to be seen in person. <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. These you were in Atlanta. I am in Atlanta. You had a change of lifestyle. That's right. A change of lifestyle. A change of scenery. I'm in some. Um, I'm in some seasonal weather. You here. are. You're wearing a hat. A warm <laughs> winter cap. Which you wouldn't need in Houston, except for maybe about seven <laughs> days of the year. And we are back to talk a little bit more about The Amazing The Rock. Oh, uh, we love this movie. We bumped it to the top of the list. It leapfrogged over a few other uh, movies that we have sort of in development as a tribute to Mr. Connery. Oh, uh, we miss you, Sir Sean. He passed away recently. It's sad, but he had a long and very full life. That's right. That's if right. I could have accomplished in my life the things that Connery accomplished at like by 45 if i could look, I'd be happy if i could look as good on any given day as sean connery looked in his zardoc costume <laughs> then zardoz 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 costume get it right respect the pony, <laughs> I'm sorry. respect the ponytail i was so distracted by the thought of his loins <laughs> his codpiece <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about go look for zardoz just google image search zardoz you won't be sorry for long. For long. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be burned into your memory. Amazing. Uh, uh, <laughs> so here we are. We're talking about The Rock, episode two in our series. Oh, what do you got over there? What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking that Milam and whatever this thing was. <laughs> you already forgot. Green. <laughs> Milam and green. It's a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. Yes. And it's delicious. Two Kentuckys, I think, and one yes. from Texas or it's something? It's three different ones. It, it, it is, I think, yeah, two Kentuckys and a, and a Texas. I've had it, but I am not having it. Um, but it was delicious. It's tasty. I just had some just now. <laughs> I am sipping on uh, Dr. Robot from Atlanta's own Monday Night Brewing. <laughs> They're blackberry lemon sour. And my friend is tart and delicious. I'm going to have to maybe, well, I don't fruity. know. Fruity. I, yeah, I can't wait. Fruity. <laughs> is, it a, is it a peach amaretto persuasion? <laughs> oh, my God. We got to talk right, about we'll, this. We'll flick. get into yeah, it. We'll, I, we'll, I'm well, into it. Well, what happened, I guess, we should talk oh, about what happened. In the, Let everything. me sum it up because you're going to have to talk a lot. You hit up. it. 
uh, we got General Frank X. Hummel. <laughs> he's uh, He's got a scheme going. He wants to see some justice done for some Marines that were lost under his command. A worthy cause. They were never acknowledged and honored by the government. So he has taken uh, control of Alcatraz. He's holding 81 hostages. Mm-hmm. He's got some nerve gas, VX gas, that he's going to launch at San Francisco, he says, if he is not paid money in order to he, his plans are to pay the money out to the families of right. these dead marines and to pay his squad for their basically like traitorous act right but it's all for the greater good the greater good <laughs> uh we also have dr stanley goodspeed he's like a chemical weapons specialist working for the fbi that is mr nicholas cage we love yeah he's uh we've seen him save the day once already and basically, we're getting the impression that he's going to uh, come into play. In, he's going to become a fly in the ointment for uh, General Hummel. Monkey in the wrench. <laughs> that's almost all that's happened so far. It, but we talked a lot It took episode. a long time to get through all of that because I'm not sure why. Were we drunk? There's Who a knows? lot of action. There's just a lot to talk a, about. There was a, a lot to talk about. It's a killer movie, Yeah, man. and it's full of great people, so... Without any further ado, we're going to launch right in. Yeah. Um, our next chapter of The Rock begins with Stanley Goodspeed, Nicolas Cage, just getting his freak freak a deke on <laughs> on the rooftop of his building. Yes. With his uh his yep. Elton John's Rocket Man is playing Rocket gently Man. in the background. Is that, I don't picture that, that as like a sex song. No, I don't. I don't either. Uh, there's I don't lots either. of candles. Yes. Who, how many candles? We've talked about this before. How, who like, lights all these candles? Who Carla did, did this? Carla Carla's did OCD it? big time. She, well, she is trying to lasso uh, Stanley Goodspeed. She wants Into him to, marriage. So she popped the question. Oh, shit. That's that right. happened last episode. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Goodspeed's girlfriend, Whoa, Carla. marriage police. Pulled over. Yeah, he impregnated her. He pumped a baby into that. Uh, and uh, Stanley, you know she how wants to get married, work. and he's like kind of hesitant about it. So that's what's going on in his life. Right. So... Um, she's straddled him in a chair there. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Uh, she asks, do you like my pigtails? And he says, oh, uh, yeah, the pigtails uh, are naughty. 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 He's um, so strange. Emerald cream with a peach sorbet persuasion. What? Fucking what? On the commentary on this, which I should say the commentary was <laughs> recorded for the Criterion Laserdisc. Which I'm ordering now. <laughs> and it's like, I fucking love that. I the, love the it, Criterion, too. But... I read a thing on Criterion. I don't know if it was when I was buying some stuff on their like Black Friday sale, but they said, we're not here just to tell you what are the best movies. It's like the ones that represent like the pinnacle the of the genre. Absolutely. And The and Rock this does. definitely classifies. I qualifies. 100% agree that this is, I don't know, it might be in my top, it's definitely my top 10 favorite action yeah, movies really? ever. Yeah, really? I don't, I'd have to... Outside just, the top five, I start to get a little fuzzy on what just I as put it in, being but sort of a Mount Rushmore of everything about action. Just as far, yeah. it's not like the great stars a, that you think of as it action, was a like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. of the genre. It was like a, it almost was like it was towards the end, and it sort of changed from. You're used to having like the leading men be the Schwarzeneggers and the Stallones, yeah. and now it's like. No, we're going to take like actor actors and make them action stars. I feel sort of the same, and not not to the same degree, but feel the same way about like, do you remember Behind Enemy Lines with Gene Hackman and Owen Wilson? Yeah, yeah. And it's like Owen Wilson should not be playing an action, an action role star. at all. Yeah. But that, it sort of feel it feels it the same way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I think technology had reached the point 
that there's a lot you could do with special effects and yeah, stuff to make totally. a dude who's not a, a muscle bound. He, he's me or you. <laughs> guy. Like, but you know, you get the best actor for the part yeah. as opposed to like the dude who's got the right physicality for it. Maybe 100%. So in the middle of the sex act, the phone rings. <laughs> Coitus interrupts. And this, this, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. That's a very memorable delivery from. Er- uh, there are Cage. very few lines that he delivers that you can't remember, like the speech inflection and tone yeah. that he gives. So Cage himself is like a super musical guy in yeah. his life, and he said that he thinks of a performance that he gives in terms of like delivering the lines in a rhythm. I love that. And it it really shows in this it movie. It translates to people because people love rhythm and people identify yeah. with it. And, I mean, you if know. you look at Shakespeare, like he he wrote his plays to be like the lines are like to be in delivered in a, yeah. in a rhythm. In yeah. A, ambic pentameter. So yeah, Goodspeed says he has to answer. Carla to <laughs> Carla uh protests much. He says he has to answer because it's a it's, it's work, a work calling. How could they know you're at home? Yeah, it's, it's, the FBI. it's the FBI. He answers and says <laughs> that he'll be down in five minutes. He well, I, I think he said ten. Ten minutes. I had my okay. notes wrong. Right. Wait. That's plenty of time to finish. <laughs> 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 Wow. Um, yeah, he tells Carla that he has got to go to San Francisco. She is not having it. She's like, what? Nah. She's, yeah, she hasn't even She's upset agreed so, to marry her yet. Right, that's I'm what Catholic. I'm pregnant. I'm unmarried. <laughs> She's got the trifecta. Um, he that's sa- definitely what it seems like. Yeah, he says, he, and then he does, to his part, he says, I will marry you. I love you. I'll marry you. Why don't you come on out to San Francisco? This is surely uh, just some sort of training exercise. Come I check into like the hotel, order up some champagne, give the baby fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> like, I feel like anything, any, can you hold someone to anything that they say like during the sex act? Like you said, you'd marry me, but well, you like, were inside me at the time. Yeah, it's like you said you loved me. Uh, well, but yeah, but you know what was happening. I, I definitely said some shit that I'm like, I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Ooh. Um. So we cut to the Pentagon briefing room. Hold on, can um, I back it up just a moment? Yeah. If this is a training exercise, they're not calling after hours saying be downstairs in five minutes or 10 minutes for a training exercise. I don't know how training exercises work, so I can... In a world, you would expect, like, it should be a drill that comes with no warning. Right. To see, because that's how it's going to happen in life. Yeah. But for him to leap to the conclusion that it's a training exercise, to me, was a little strange. Yeah. She pounced back on him at the end when he had said, like, yeah, she was trying. Her. She was trying to finish off. She's already pregnant. Maybe That's she plenty. Just loves him. Five minutes know. is, like, plenty of time. To That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I hope it's enough for yeah, her. Well, if they hadn't taken the time she to... She needs to if finish. They, if they hadn't taken just the time saying. to light a hundred candles... God, Carlo, they, they could have been done done already. hours ago. <laughs> they could have been already eating fettuccine Alfredo downstairs, not even caring about anything. Not the peach sorbet. I know. <laughs> peach sorbet persuasion. Uh, cut to the Pentagon briefing room. SEAL team commander... Anderson, played by Commander Anderson, Commander Anderson, is explaining (laughs) that that they cannot attempt a frontal assault because we'll just be lit up. He says that we're gonna we're gonna have to because it's also a full moon. It's a full moon. There's There's a lot of things working against them. There's no like there's not like a way to make a beach landing at Alcatraz. It's like a craggy rock. Right, exactly. So he says they have to try to infiltrate the tunnels below the prison, attack from within, Mm. and if they're if they're lucky. They can take the rockets uh, with no shots fired. Now, Michael Bean. Yeah. Fucking awesome. We love him. Dude. He almost always plays like a SEAL commando type of character. Yeah. Like the movies I know him from is Terminator. 
right? The Abyss, Navy Seals. If you just stopped, aliens. Right, if you stopped there, he, he was in Mandalorian playing a commando type right? military man. Like, yeah, most recently, yeah, definitely. I don't, yeah, it's he's amazing though. That's like the persona. That's the aura he has about him. It's like a fucking he's like button down tight. You when know, when you find that thing that you're real good at. Milk that for all it's worth. I don't understand why, but in the in the command, like in the briefing room here, all these like actors are delivering a lot of dialogue and everything like that, and most of these guys are not in the credits. Period. It's for the very strange. I don't tell me that. why that is. The dude who plays the chief of staff, the dude who plays Kramer, right? The dude Philip Baker Hall, who I don't know if we've seen him yet, but he chief uh, he's in there. Chief Justice. <laughs> these are like big speaking roles. Yeah. Um. The internet told me. I love internet. <laughs> was that sometimes like an actor isn't proud of a project? I don't think that'd be the case necessarily in this one. I just sometimes an actor is used to getting bigger parts, and that they think it'll like take some luster off of their name if they're credit if they're having these credits as like yeah I was in one scene Look, in the Rock. If you're the guy playing Hayden Sinclair. Yeah, and, that is not a guy with luster. And, and Sean Connery is attached to this movie as star and executive producer. You say, put my name, like, slap my name on the fucking box. I want to be on the video because I want to be on the VHS box. I was on box. The Rock. Yes. So sometimes you get an actor who's, like, appearing as a favor to the producer or the director, uh, and they're uncredited because that allows them to work for less pay because of, like, guild rules and stuff like that. And they're not going to get But this dude, Sinclair, nah. He needs that money. I don't know right. him from anything else. I, dude, I'm sure I if see, I, like, I recognize in, him from other stuff, but I can't. I could not name a single thing. The guy I'll look Kramer, it up for the next who was like the general who had been the main bad dude in Lethal Weapon Three, like maybe he's like, oh, I'm trying to get big. Like I don't yeah. want to be this small part. But, but it's, it's the rock. Like it's a it's a big budget tentpole summer. There movie. are no small parts, <laughs> is what I'm told. Only small salaries. That's what I'm told. <laughs> Only small union rules or whatever. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so General Kramer asks Bean, Commander Ander Anderson, if they found a route through the tunnels. SEAL leader Anderson says, the bowels of this prison have been ripped apart, <laughs> put back together yeah. again. It's a maze of shit, which is yeah, awesome. Shit. And the, sch the schematics we've got are useless. Then this dude chimes in that you've told me is he's a real, the only real life expert. Yes, uh, Harry Humphreys, I yeah. think is his name. He what? was a real like Navy SEAL dude and like now is I think whatever he's a professional movie he's, technical advisor. He sounds like a Beverly Cleary character. He was but, the dude with the rockin' uh, mustache. Like he looked, yeah. he looked really authentic. He did old school. Um, so real life expert Harry Humphreys says we need someone with firsthand knowledge of the tunnels. Um, and then secretary over on the phone, she looks like she's like at a at an auction house taking orders over the phone. And she, she says, the, the former warden's dead. All the guards we talked to are useless. <laughs> They're useless. And this is when Chief Justice pipes up. Chief fucking Justice. Character what, named Chief is, Justice. He's not the fucking Supreme Court. Why would he be Why? there? Is he Department of Justice? Maybe that's Maybe his name. Maybe he'd be like in Justice. charge of like getting prisoner transferred or something like this. I hope this, his name know? in real life is Chief Justice. My first name is Chief, last name Justice. <laughs> Deal says, with it. He says, I might know a guy... He works at Cinnabon and uh, <laughs> Andy's pretzels and Annie's. Anyway, we get a knowing look between he and Womack, FBI yeah. director, played by Leo from West Wing. 
Fucking um, love him. Womack pulls him out in the hallway for a private chat. It's heated, to say the least. And and Womack says, this was for the sake of national security that got us here in the first place 33 years ago. Anyway, the this, fucking exposition. This is, is exposition between some pros. These are like world-class actors. Yes. So I don't even mind watching them just deliver no, exposition. No, Womack says, I knew someday this would come back to bite us <laughs> in the ass. They talk about a mystery man, an SAS agent, who they say is a national security threat and that they've had locked away for 30-plus years. Yeah. Womack says he's a professional escape artist. This mysterious he. <laughs> I love this. If he hits the streets. <laughs> he hits the streets. He's, he's broken out of two, count them, two maximum security prisons. They can't let him hit the streets. So either we know that he's either a he's super dangerous or he knows too much or both. Well, I like what Chief Justice is like, he's our age. Yeah. Like he's I, not gonna hit the streets. I have to get up three times a night to take a piss. I love the expression <laughs> hit the streets. He yeah. should have that prostate checked on. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But Chief Justice. The expression hit the streets is just beautiful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's very, very much a, a part of the times. Anyway, Mo, Womack <laughs> says we can't risk it. He's too yeah. much of a risk. Anyway, we cut to, we see a long-haired Connery as John S. Mason being roused from sleep, put in shackles, walked out of prison. I like in these like these Michael Bay shots, we see stacks of books, including authors yeah. named things like Shakespeare and Sun Tzu. You get like the slow motion of the like the cell key dropping next like, to the lock. It's, yeah, it's like, all like epic Michael Bay shit, and I love um, it. It's all in slow motion. Also, <laughs> this is where you pointed out, and I loved this, the weird hallway lighting. What are those big lights on the floor aiming upwards? Like, <laughs> if anything, during a any kind of a prison event for a guard, that's going to be like I can't see anything with this light shining <laughs> in my eyes. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche. Um, <laughs> Wait, now I think you read like I did that Schwarzenegger was offered the role. Yes, and which is peculiar to me. Get, that makes no sense. The timing would not have worked out at Alcatraz all. Alcatraz closed in '63. Schwarzenegger was born in 47. He'd be like 16 when it closed or 15. Yeah, wouldn't have made sense at all. Now, unless they were planning on heavily making him up. Which Somewhere else I read, there's a, like a false impression that he was going to play the Connery character, but he was actually going to be the Goodspeed character. That would, that would never have, even have worse. worked. Like, could you buy Schwarzenegger working in a fucking lab? No, never in a billion years. Although, especially, especially him then talking about how he has next to no weapons experience. Well, I will say... I want to say it was maybe came from Cage that he said in the in the drafts of the script that were floating around when he signed on. Right. That the character was much more of like a Jack feel, Ryan character. I feel pent up in this office. I want to get out and see some action as opposed to like a dude who loves the science I, and everything like that. I and love... Maybe Schwarzenegger, but he doesn't. I can't think of a role with the exception of perhaps twins or junior. That he came off as like a brainy <laughs> character. Junior. I never have seen Junior, but I where, own it. Where he's the scientist that impregnates himself. himself. <laughs> Shit. Mm. If he was really smart, he would have impregnated someone else. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, anyway. we. But Arnold said in an interview that he regretted not taking a role in this film. He, But he said the script that he read was like only 80 pages long, and it was a, just steady plot holes, and it was not a good depiction of what the movie turned out to be. So he did Eraser instead. Uh, well, I'm just wondering what other role could they have fit him in in this movie? He could he, only have been Goodspeed or Mason. I just but he I, was not I don't, the right age. They would have I to make. I don't him see older. him being Mason, and yeah. he couldn't have played the like Nicolas Cage plays such a good like affable sort of 
nerd. Yeah, exactly. Geek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we cut to an airplane hangar somewhere in D.C. Stanley arrives in the pouring down rain, greeted by Womack. Neat plane is a great line. <laughs> I love I love all his like, like little the Learjet or whatever it Neat was. The plane. Gulf, the Gulfstream. Womack goes that over. That should have been very nerve wracking, right? For like, yeah. imagine you get a call and you go and meet like the CEO of your company or like the director of the FBI. You're like, oh shit, it's Director Womack. Well, I've never met him before, pants, right? Like, oh, I guess I yeah, just like, oh, this is cool. Thanks. Like, <laughs> Neat like plane. Yeah. He was nervous. Very. He. I would have been. Yeah. yeah. So Womack immediately starts going over Stanley's impressive credentials, and Stanley gives us his chemistry boner backstory. Yeah. Um, it's all. He blew all, up the house or yeah. whatever he said. And you were telling me that that Nick Cage modeled his yes. character after Richard Dreyfus in Jaws. He said he was inspired by the Dreyfus character in Jaws, who's like an expert Hooper, in the right? field, a Hooper, yeah. but also a kind of a geek. Yeah. And now when when viewing it through that lens, like this scene where he's explaining the story of his childhood fascination with science and chemistry came from yeah. is exactly like Hooper explaining like I love it. the first time when I was 12 years old, my dad got me up boat and i went fishing and i hooked a shark and the, the shark turned an inboard into an outboard and he he ate my boat and he you know and it's like it's that's awesome. basically the exact same story but with a shark instead chemistry, of chemistry. Yeah. yeah it's crazy i love that though that's very very cool and he's like and i've been studying sharks ever since yeah i uh, i love that i love thank you nick cage for your dedication to your craft um, even if it's cribbing other actors <laughs> notes but that's okay well he says he says something that was actually true in the notes that I read about about him saying that specifically about him borrowing that backstory yeah. is that is that actors borrow from other actors. And I will say that that is 100 percent true because even borrowing like subtext like that goes back as far like 300 years ago, composers borrowing other composers, jazz musicians 50 years ago, borrowing, you know, ideas for music from other jazz sure. musicians. And it's like you. You quote the people that you admire. You have to give them credit in some way, and yeah. usually you do. But it's like I totally get that. If if Nick Cage, if if he'd said like I was really inspired by you know um, Lawrence Olivier, I would you know respect. Yeah, big time. Or Bogart. Or yeah, whatever. big time. What what's wrong with that? If if like you're drawing the inspiration from not ripping off the character, but drawing the inspiration. Sure. From it. Anyway. Um, Womack goes over uh, Stanley's credentials. He asks him what he knows about VX gas. Stanley says um, he's familiar with the whole story. Right. Um, he tells the story about champagne and how yeah, it was like discovered months. by accident. Yeah, exactly. He said that Cage said that's a story that his dad, who was like a, a university professor, used to tell. That's cool. And then he like just stole his dad's story and was like. Because his dad used to always love every time they'd break open a bottle of champagne. He's like, you know, they discovered this by accident. That's that's see that I love that. It's the shit you get from you know just from everyday You're drawing life from your life experience. Yeah, but then sure. but then uh, Womack interrupts and says, "Get back to the gas." And he says, "It's very <laughs> very horrible stuff. It's one of those things we wish we could disinvent." Yeah. And then it's at that point that Stanley realizes that this is not a training exercise. No, Doctor Goodspeed, it's not a training exercise. And says as I, Leo, like as I alluded to before. Uh, Cage had said that the character was initially like a board agent who was longing for some action. Yeah. Um, but it was Cage's own idea that he's like, you know what? What if 
I think it'd be more interesting if he was like a real lab rat and loved the science, and so he's a fish out of water when it comes to the action. I think it makes it a more effective movie. If he, you if got he, plenty of action. If he'd dudes. run in their gangbusters like everyone else in the movie, it would not have been as compelling. Well, if you had so, if you had him plus Mason, who we don't really know much about him yet, but he's like a, a former commando plus Michael Bean. Like how you don't need a whole force of Navy Seals. Three alphas. No, like. It's much more interesting to have, yeah, like, it's not like fucking, we're not making Tango and Cash here, where we got two, we got two super cops. Here's an interesting question. Who, in your estimation at this time, would have played a better, nerdier Stanley Goodspeed than Nick Cage? Mm. This is off the cuff, ladies and gentlemen. I'm putting him on the spot. We haven't talked about this. He might have been a little old, Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. I think you would have been right about Right is he about the same spot. age you think? Right is, I mean, it was spot. been a few years after Jurassic Park. I think right in the sweet spot. He could have done it. I think so. A man could have done it. I, I don't want him to do it. I think Nick Cage nailed Nick, it. Yeah, Nick Cage crushed it. The thing it. about Goldblum is he's like 6'3". Yeah. Would he be towering over everyone else? And it'd be weird. The tall nerd that we're all looking up to. <laughs> Hello, sir. I don't know, but... Uh, he uh, has the same similar kind of kinetic you realize energy that about there him. are uh, rockets in Alcatraz <laughs> don't you <laughs> just give us a little bit of uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm uh, uh, I don't know who else there are others surely but I don't know that anyone could have done people? better Paxton <laughs> <laughs> Paxton he should have been one of the marine goons or he maybe. should have played Paxton Paxton yes he would have been a good Paxton he would have been a great Paxton Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway uh, we cut to we cut to San Francisco. We see um, sentries guarding the perimeter of Alcatraz. Hostages are looking forlorn in their prison cells. Yeah. Uh, we see the FBI. They've set up a mobile command center on the waterfront at Pier Thirty Nine. What What is this building? I think it's just a warehouse. It's huge, it's and it's a, like car. It seems like it's got like loading docks and cargo bays, but then there's also a bunch of half-built cars inside of it. Yeah, I think that it's just supposed to be like a big, a, a big warehouse. Whatever it was, pier. it was you know incredible. But you, like, for those of you who aren't aware, real estate in San Francisco is it's a, a premium. fucking premium. Well, if you're you the United have, States government, though. you wouldn't have this huge fucking building that's just empty. They well, the United States government does. Do you think the government owned that building? I thought Absolutely. it was just something they commandeered or something. Well, either way, I don't know. Yeah, they, they could afford it. <laughs> so anyway, um, Womack and Goodspeed arrive at the field office, the mobile office, where they're greeted by Paxson. Yeah, not, not Bill, not but played Bill. by William Sadly, Forsyth. Not Bill. William Forsyth, who let me scroll up back to my notes, which. I, I read his IMDb bio is hysterical. It starts off with... I know Flat Top from, yes, from Dick, Dick Tracy, Tracy, and I don't know what else. But his bio says, dynamic, entertaining, heavyset actor with piercing eyes. So his agent wrote that? I guess. <laughs> heavyset is not like the... He wasn't heavyset in this film. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, what a weird... Uh, like, what a weird turn of phrase. Like, Their that's how you're describing? Their agents are publicists write their bios, I think. Anyway, I loved that he described his heavy set, but yeah, anyway. He's in Paxton. charge of that office, we take it, right? Like, he's the man in charge. Yeah, he's the, and he's, he's he's the, the special FBI agent guy. in charge exactly. of the San Francisco office. Yeah, okay. so Forsyth Paxson says that they have the prisoner. Um, Wait, I was w- dismayed by how close the cars came to hitting those 
pigeons when they rolled up to the building. I was like, cruelty to animals, no. Like, No pigeons were harmed in the filming of this movie. And if they were harmed, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. They were probably sick with coronavirus. Um, anyway, Womack and Chief Justice were talking about the prisoner that they have in custody, but uh, Paxson is confused because there's no record. There's no record of this guy. That's right. Womack explains that he's John Mason, a British agent, and that he was imprisoned on Alcatraz in 1962 and broke out the next year. Correct. So <laughs> I love this. Paxson chimes in. I was under the impression that no one ever escaped, to which Womack claps down. Paxson, don't argue. <laughs> like, Womack's character has been building in dickishness from scene number one with him. He's well, like, damn, he's a hard he's ass. A he's he, sort of an he's asshole. He's a heel, right? I guess he's a, meant to be a heel character. When I first meet him, though, I don't necessarily think that. But as the scenes go on, it's like he gets worse and worse. Like, I think less of him. Yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of integrity, as we'll see. Yeah, so he says that the prisoner in the eyes of U.S. and British government, does not exist. Right. It was like that thing of... He's a phantom. We captured him. The Brits said, we don't know who this oh, is. And they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll just hold him cool. <laughs> indefinitely. So Womack sends Paxton in to make a deal with Mason. Yeah. And the deal is that he'll get a pardon if he can show them a path through the bowels of Alcatraz. Paxton says, why don't you do this if you already know each other? To which yeah. then Womack's like... Oh, it's not a, that's not a great idea. <laughs> it's sort we, of, it seems to be a sore subject. It's weird, right? Well, he's like, oh no, he remembers me. Like, because I don't then, want his, I don't want it clouding the issue. Because then for the rest of this movie, you get the, you get the feeling that Womack would love to fucking kill Mason himself. Oh, you got that impression? Like, big time. Like, he wanted to, he wanted to end his life? Yes. Without mm. giving too much away, I'll give a lot away. Like, <laughs> he wants to see a dead body at the end of the movie. He just wants to make sure Mason's never a free man again, whether he's dead or, I guess, in it jail. It makes me wonder, it's like, is Womack such a, like, a dyed-in-the-wool, like, hardcore, quote-unquote, patriot? Maybe cut from that, like, that J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover? Hoover cloth. Yeah, Maybe I don't so. know. We get the idea that there's some bad blood there, but then... Paxton and Mason, as soon as Paxton's in the room, they're immediately... It's Mason's fault. They're adversarial from the get-go. Right. Paxton, even though... But Paxton's a hard-ass. Paxton was warned before he entered the room, don't try to play hardball with him. Yeah. Like, don't go yeah. hard. Um, <laughs> anyway, Paxton says, uh, I don't know about your past, but you're here because there's a problem and we think that you can help us with it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then this is excellent. I love this kind of writing where Mason immediately starts going into like trying to feel his opponent out by yeah. maybe referencing things that his opponent's not. We've seen that, that Mason's very well read. Like yeah. he's been doing a lot of reading in his time. Shang Chu, like... Shakespeare. So he starts, <laughs> he starts referencing Mandela, Al Caminis, Show Walter Raleigh, Alexander so Kitz, Solson Nitsen. Yeah. Um, Goodspeed. Who, like, I love Paxton when he's like, he says that he okay. breaks up the Solson. He says, yeah, didn't he play Didn't he play for the fucking Red Wings? For the fucking Red Wings. <laughs> a good chap. <laughs> Connery <laughs> replies. But, yeah, like, yeah. Goodspeed in the other room is, like, picking up on all that. He's like, okay. He's I, a nerd. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, read the same books or but whatever. He's playing Ivy League, dude. If he's a Jack Ryan, like, or, or any other kind of like special agent that wants to like run in their guns blazing. He's maybe, maybe ostensibly not going to be in the same mind frame. Anyway, Paxton cuts to the chase and tells Mason there's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Mason's confused. The rock is 
become a tourist attraction? It was like a mixture of of like confusion and he's amused by this or he doesn't like. Here's what I wonder. Even if you're in high, like locked down security, mm. are you is like current events? Are they being withheld from you? Do you not have access to any periodicals whatsoever? I'm curious. He obviously has a great library. That yeah, he reads they're from. giving him books. Like, does he not? But he might not be removed from like pop culture or, you know, the Internet. But it, it's interesting that like whether he's playing it for a fool or if he's being but legitimate. On the other hand, I could see how if you did, did hard time there, you're like, people come see this place for fun. Yeah. Like big time. fucking what? It's effective to you and me. It's effective to the to the audience at home. But I've just I wondered as a viewer, I was like, I yeah. wonder if, if he. He's, if he's completely up on that. severed, depending on how much they have him locked down, it could be that he has no access to right. Anything. I I kind of believe that is the case, at okay. least for the purposes of this movie. So anyway, Paxson says um, if he'll help them, if Mason will help them, he'll get out of prison while he's still upright. <laughs> while he still while he still got a little lead in the pencil, huh? <laughs> That's a sexual thing, right? Right. Okay. Boner. Why you can still get sure. it? you can still get sure. it up, sir? <laughs> Mason says. While he's considering the deal, he'll take a suite at the Fairmont Hotel. Um, Paxson, which he was he was told not to play strong arm with Mason, he tosses a quarter at him. He, I feel like he, he fucking he, can't help yeah, himself. Yeah, he's like uh, he tosses a quarter, which wouldn't work now because payphones don't exist, <laughs> and tells him to call his lawyer. It's an unnecessary escalation of the situation, right? That gag it shouldn't work, but I bought it. Like in the moment, yeah. The like extreme close up with the quarter spinning on the tabletop and then falling on the floor. I'm like, I don't know how that was accomplished. Like with it, it reminded, whether it was a real quarter or whether it was like an oversized. It reminded coin me of the of my of favorite rings. shot in Lord of the Rings the, with the oversized ring on yeah. the chain and in like heading up to Caradras. I'm like, it looks amazing. It's just it looks this awesome. classic Michael Bay like sort of abstractish shot. Yeah, and it just like is like. That's a fucking cool thing to look at, I which I think it. is half of what he's going for. I love it. Anyway, um, Paxson, oh, when I was watching with my friend who had never seen the movie before, yeah, yeah, she was like, "Don't leave that quarter!" Like even before she, anything happened. Smart, yeah, it smart. Was like, so it's clever. super smart. <laughs> so um, Paxson goes back in the waiting area. He's content to let Mason stew for a while, but Goodspeed rightfully points out yeah. that time is short. Womack agrees. So Womack tells Goodspeed <laughs> to go and talk to Mason. And it's like, I love that wait, exchange. What? Yeah. He's like, well, he, don't tell him you're. He, he tells he tells Stanley not to mention that he's like, like, don't even mention that you're a chemical weapon. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Is, I mean, he's like, I'm a chemical guy. I don't talk to prisoners. You like, want me well, to don't lie? Mention, don't mention that. Yeah. Lie. Yeah. Lie. <laughs> I love it. It's just like instant. Yeah. No, lie. That's exactly yeah, well, what I want you to do. <laughs> he's awesome. Leo is awesome. He's um, amazing. John Spencer. John shout Spencer. Out. We love you. R.I.P. Yes. Um, upon entering the room, Goodspeed is fucking super awkward. <laughs> he really well, is. I love, well, 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 I'm Stanley Goodspeed. I'm Stanley Goodspeed. But of course you are, which is apparently a line that he, uh, yeah. he like, uh, from another Bond movie. I think from he is. Bond Diamonds movie. are forever. I think plenty of tool. But uh, yes, <laughs> plenty of tool. Yes. Plenty of tool. But of course you are. But of course you are. <laughs> Cage is so good at playing the goof. Yes. So good in this movie. They had the whole bit with the coffee. Yeah. Can can we can we get a cup of, well, cup of coffee in here, please? Mason is like, coffee? coffee. And he's like, no, no I'm, I'm good. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like no, it's you so offer good. me coffee. That's the main bit of this movie. No, I was going like, to. That feels like Aaron Sorkin writing to me, that scene. 
All yeah, all the stuff. The that, bit when he walks in that whole scene, I was like, okay, if they hired Sorkin, this feels like a scene that was written. I love all of of Nick Cage's like waving of the hand, trying to appear sort of macho in front of this guy, like We're playing this part. In here. We're gonna cup of coffee in here, please. Um, <laughs> Mason also asked to have his handcuffs taken off, which Goodspeed complies with. We love the little guy. Well, that's one way to like the that guy. Was, that, uh, yeah, the little dude Willie Garson. Uh, from like Sex in the City, but he's just a comedy actor. Yeah. He's just, I'm sure he was uncredited in this. He's just a background player. He's probably like, what if I said something funny here? And he did. And he nailed it. it. Yeah. So Goodspeed uh, shoves the pardon across, says, you know, do what we're asked. We'll give you pardon. Mason goes to sign it, muttering something in Latin. Goodspeed mm. immediately knows what he's saying. It translates it uh, to, I fear the Greeks even when they bring gifts. Mason, I like this. I like that Mason's like impressed. That's that what I feel like, though. It's like everything man. that Mason says from the time Paxton walked in has been trying to feel out the situation. And he hasn't gotten the information until yeah. Goodspeed walks in. And he's he's already like, you're not a field agent. Well, they're on a closer wavelength. Like they're they're elevated, like, you know, philosophically. Don't, and don't, all well, that. Philosophically. But you feel like that Mason Mason is the best of both worlds. He's philosophical yeah, he's and, goods. and he he's whoever else. Um, yeah, they have a little back and forth. Goodspeed lies about his expertise. So he's anti-terrorism. Oh, yeah. so you're into explosives, weaponry, close well, combat. Well-trained. Yeah, well-trained, sir. <laughs> uh, um, Mason agrees to the deal and says that he'll take the room at the Fairmont with a little pampering. I want a suite, a shower, a shave, the feel of a suit. Did you tour around San Francisco much when you were there? I drove around. Yeah, did the downtown area. Did you go check area. out Fairmont or anything? I did like not. That? At this time, it would have been totally lost on my radar, especially because the only time that I really went downtown from yeah. where the opera house was on Van Ness across the street from the courthouse was when my parents were in town. But it was really, really close to the Fairmont. The Very Fairmont's fucking amazing. It's like the, the neighborhood is called Knob Hill. Yeah. And it was like where all the millionaires used to live. The, 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 Sweet common name. folks called them knobs. I think that's where it comes Badass. from. It's like all the knobs over on Knob Hill. Badass. Um, I didn't stay at the Fairmont when I was there. I stayed at the hotel across the street, the like Mark Hopkins. Dude, that's cool. It's, but I did all my drinking at the Fairmont. That's badass, like, man. The That's very cool. fucking amazing. They have right. this like tiki bar down in the basement or whatever well, as well. For those of you who are listening now, COVID's still a thing. When this is over, Kevin and I are going to the Fairmont. You can find us there. We'll let you and know. And the top of the Mark Hopkins top floor has this like amazing view because it's Knob Hill's about the highest thing in the city. Right. And there's like this martini bar up on the like the rooftop sort of bar. It's amazing. So yes, we'll go check that Bad out. Badass. First round's on me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All the rest of the rounds will be on me for alerting me to this bar. Um, after we get uh, Mason talking about his suite, we get um, Goodspeed saying he's suggesting a haircut. He's like, your look sort of out of style. It's a, it's a grunge thing. Sort of badass. I like that. Yeah. Um, after Goodspeed's walked out, Mason uses his chair leg. We see him smash the edge of the quarter that mm-hmm. packs in through. Um, Would that work? Like, could you smash a coin? I feel like if With you just a chair leg. I feel like if you smashed it and there were like there's one other guard in there, they wouldn't be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, Maybe yeah. they would be. I don't know, but yeah, I feel like the chair would have no, like there wouldn't need to be like one of those felt pads on the bottom or something. Yeah, sure. You could do it that way. Um, so Goodspeed walks back into behind the two way glass. Glass, yeah. Uh, Womack immediately takes the pardon agreement and tears it up. 
after asshole. making fun of Goodspeed. Yeah. Asshole. So, like, more and more, Womack seeming like a dickhead. Goodspeed's um, pissed. Yeah, he's like, I gave that man my word. And he, but Womack says, you're on a need to know basis after Stanley's like, what, what are we even holding this man? He's like, you don't need to know. You're on, like, you're on a need to know basis and you don't need to know. Which is irrelevant because that line pays off a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Womack is starting more and more to seem like a fucking bastard. Right. Um, Goodspeed, the smart guy. Yeah, yeah. He says that all the historical figures that Mason mentioned were people that were wrongfully imprisoned. Yeah, I looked them all up, and the obviously, like, yeah. the facts were correct. Right. Um, and then, while this is happening, I love this whole bit is happening, and you see, <laughs> you see Mason sort of inching towards the glass, leaning towards the glass, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like, doing the ring around the glass with, we guess, the quarter. With that work does that weaken the glass or make it easier to break I, it I, anyway i feel like yes in 96 really, it would you don't have. question it that much when you're he's like he must know what he's doing i don't know i mean because you guess it's bulletproof maybe yeah. or maybe it's not no, bulletproof. You put an elbow through it i think yeah but i think it's just maybe to make it break in like a cleaner ring i don't i have no clue i trust that john mason knows what he's doing someone did the research on right. this exactly it's not us. exactly so he busts a hole in he sees womack womack why am i not surprised you piece of shit <laughs> do you think he would would it be easy to recognize a dude is this yeah. the first time he's seen him in 30 years yeah and you think he's just like after a decade yeah. i saw you and you look exactly the same oh thanks buddy <laughs> exactly the same you're still just as handsome <laughs> thanks you're welcome <laughs> anyway guards burst in we love this subdue mason who throws up peace signs like, like, peace. Like, he says peace <laughs> peace peace uh cut to we see goodspeed riding with mason in the back of a paddy wagon goodspeed calling carla and says Hey babe, don't come to San Francisco. First opportunity he's had to try to call her. I think so. It's been a busy afternoon. I don't know why he couldn't have called her on the plane unless that technology didn't exist. Unless they had a phone on the plane, they had to have. They had to have something. Anyway, because he let like the idea of letting her to come to San Francisco obviously is not something he wants to have happen. No, but she is not having it and hangs up on him. I bought that though. That's a hothead. Well, you get she's the explanation. Fiery, she's like a fiery uh, Italian lady. Italian. You, yeah, I don't Latina. know. That's not cool, Carla, in my opinion. Let him explain. Anyway, Mason wants to know. He's been eavesdropping. Who's I Carla? I've been dropping no eaves to her. Oh, this, <laughs> Mason wants to know why he wants her to avoid the city. You're on a need to know basis, and you don't need to know. And Mason, like, barks in his face. You, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> that makes me laugh every time i watch this i love sean connery like because you never think of him as being sort of this gritty character and the other like the fbi dudes in the paddy wagon watch out he'll bite you (laughs) (laughs) like so fun it's so good uh cage said that it was connery's idea that he brought that he should be like kind of constantly needling uh womack and needling good speed i love that i I would not expect anything less from connery just Uh, to be like imagine a dude who's been locked up for no, like, without a trial it's for Sun 30 Tzu, years. It's Sun Tzu mentality. You're like, you want to needle and... Looking for weaknesses. Yeah, exactly, for weaknesses. exactly. Probing your opponent. So we're at the Fairmont, which I read is on Mason Avenue. It is on the Mason Street. Or Mason Street. Street. Okay. Uh, Goodspeed telling Womack that he needs a... I love this. Telling him he needs a weapon. One of the agents is in, sort of incredulous and calls Stanley a chemical freak. Um, I'm a chemical super freak, actually. Which Cage said that was another musical reference to let everyone know like, this is Rick James. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> so what? He Womack, wanted to let, but he wanted to keep peppering through that, like 
this his frame of reference is through music. Obviously. I love that. I yeah. love that because I have some very very good friends who are like they're amateur musicians, but by profession they do other things. But sure. they're just like music nuts. So anyway, Womack tells the guy to give Stanley a gun. The guard does uh, that grudgingly. Can't, that can't be how this works. There has to be some paperwork be a, filed. Sure, here's a gun. Like, yeah, it has to be the gun that's registered to this guy, and if shots fired, or, like, can or match they, the serial or number. they would know if he did that in that situation that that gun is licensed to that guy. There's no way a gun changes hands because that has to be that gun has to be linked to the dude who gave it to him. Don't you like? Well, yeah. I just it. It could never work, but you know it's a damn it, guys! You, you dropped the ball on this. So anyway, <laughs> he does say he left his gun in his sock drawer. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Like, I, Where's your I, gun? Did, I didn't think I'd need it. Yeah. Um, we cut to Mason singing real, real poorly, <laughs> along to "Are you going to San Francisco?" That just had to have been intentionally going bad, right? to San Is Francisco. He, I feel like I think he's he, torturing the he's guards. Just, he's trying to make noise. He's just trying to just trying to make noise. <laughs> Um, he starts examining. I love like well, one this of the guards is, is awesome. leafing through a porno mag. Like, <laughs> hopefully it's the same like stone jugs. stone age jugs thing. What was the thing Biggins? That was uh, Al Bundy. <laughs> Al Bundy. Yes. <laughs> Just reading the latest issue of Biggins. Oh God. So Mason starts examining the drying line in the bathroom. Starts pulling it out. He picks up a phone then and quietly orders a bunch of room service. You do snacks, drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> it's at that point in the other room that the the, the stylist. Are don't you a barber? Call no. Stylist. I'm a stylist. Don't stylist. call him a barber. And this was Anthony Clark as the hairdresser, who the only other credit that I know him from is Boyd on the sitcom Boston Common. Do you remember that? I, I at remember all? that that show existed, but I never saw an episode. I feel like, and, and we talked earlier about the timeline, whether he was famous because of the sitcom or whether it was one of those situations where his star was rising and he was on the sitcom and then landed the movie Sometimes, or vice versa. That was like the era of you're a hot stand-up, so you're yeah. going to get a sitcom. And I've never seen, If I feel like he was a stand-up comic. Probably. Um, but anyway, he's what do we playing, make of his character, his portrayal? It would not is it float, offensive? It would not float now. He's never like exactly the butt of a joke. There's never a gay joke. There's no. never like a homophobic joke made. But at for, his expense, which maybe was a, maybe was very good, like judgment on the parts of the like producers, filmmakers, everyone else. He is else. like cartoonish though in his like effeminate. Yes, he is very effete. Womack tells him he can only use clippers, no scissors allowed, to which he says, did they tell Picasso no brush? It's awesome. It's very, very funny. Um, Mason appears and says that he'd like his hair cut out on the terrace. We get this badass view, and you can confirm this. The view of San Francisco, like downtown area, is phenomenal. The stylist does not, also does not care for Mason's (laughs) prison look. What did you make of his long hair look? He looked like I, decent. I thought I was like, if you pull, pull that, that in a ponytail, ponytail? exactly, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, Put yeah. Put it up on a top knot. It's a grunching. Well, it's something. <laughs> it's anyway, some kind of a thing. Yeah, the stylist gets to work under <laughs> the smock. We see Mason rigging up something with the drying line from the shower. You had no idea what it's going to be, but we no. know it's going to be something fucking uh, it's awesome. Some sort of weapon. <laughs> Meanwhile, the room service has arrived and the agents are feasting. Uh, back outside, the stylist is done. Sir Sean is looking great in that hairpiece. That is, is one of the most incredible wigs I've ever seen in my it, life. It is the same. I feel like it's maybe we should look. There we should go no, back and look. Is is it the same hair and makeup department as was on Hunt for Red October? He looks yeah, just as good. He is 
fucking incredible. Like I would be like, yeah, that's real hair. Oh yeah. If you can give me a wig that looks that good, give me. I'll wear that every day. But Connery was like, shout out to Connery. He was like loudly and proudly just a bald guy. Yeah. I mean, he's rocking the hairpiece. The freshly quaffered Mason asks Womack what's in it for him. Wait, where'd they get that suit for him? Did he say earlier he wanted the feel of a suit? He said he wanted the feel of a suit. Okay, that shit was tailored as hell, though. It was fucked awesome, and that tie (laughs) was beautiful. Um, So, yeah, he asks Womack, why should I trust you? Womack says, trust me, you'll get your life back. So... And Mason, Mason, meanwhile, he's like looking around. He's looking over the yeah. balcony. Like, it's a little foreshadowing. Yeah, he's like definitely, definitely scoping out the area. Um, so Womack will, does will give you, his word. Will you shake on it? Um, and I love the when Womack puts his hand up. It's like, ching. <laughs> it's like a knife being thrown Was or there something. A musical little There's cue? a musical cue, like, ding. okay. <laughs> and uh, Mason grabs him. Tosses that loop of the drying line around his wrist and flings him off the balcony. That was intense. So cool. I, whoever that stuntman was, that was a killer stunt. Badass. Uh, Goodspeed pulls the gun, tells him to uh, pull him back. Freeze, mister! Freeze, mister! Drop the I gun or I that. drop your boss. You will not! <laughs> he does deliver those lines with like a rhythm. Oh, you big time. not! Big time. Uh, then Connery says he's getting very heavy. All this time, Womack is like screaming. Like, Should Goodspeed have been screaming for help? Or is he worried that he's going to drop it? I would have. Out? I, I, at that point, I would have because Womack yeah. would not have been the only person in the know at that point. True. No okay. way. No way. I'd have been like, yeah, fucking drop it. Fine. <laughs> anyway, Mason wraps the end of the rope around a, the armchair of some like patio furniture <laughs> and true. lets it go and runs off. Good speed. Runs and grabs the chair, calls for help. Now he's screaming for help, yeah. Agents come running. Mason's gone. He says, Mason's gone. They're like, go, go, go. Like, everyone's screaming. It's, it's a, on, hu- yeah, a whole hollow balloon. sort of takes off after I him. love Mason runs in the elevator where the stylist is, and the stylist is just like, all I care about is, are you happy with your haircut? <laughs> Which is a pretty good line. <laughs> fucking Dude badass. is funny. I did not like the stylist's hairstyle. Like the no. weird little curls he had down no. in front. But, you know, fine. a lot of does. times people that cut hair, they don't have enough time to spend on their own deal. <laughs> so anyway, on the terrace, the ages pull Womack. He's like, watch it, you fuckhead. You're going to pull my arm out. His voice is crazy. Like the agonized pain sound. And I, that had the look of, I mean, it was not him hanging from the thing. But when they're yeah. pulling him up over the railing, it looked like. They probably really shot it on location with him on the other side of the railing. And yeah. Maybe a, a platform had harnessed or in or something. Yeah. Um, so Mason goes crashing through the hotel kitchen. Goodspeed goes behind. As Stanley rounds a corner, Mason surprises him with a sucker punch, but then keeps running. I felt like there was like the missing moment of like a big burst of flame, like from a cooktop. <sighs> or a, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that's a grease a, fire. That's a, I mean, this is a Michael Bay movie. I expect there's going to be a burst of flame in the kitchen. They're probably like the running down the escalator was enough. Um, <laughs> outside. Mason steals a guy's Humvee from the valley. We love the weird German guy. He's a weird little pushy German dude. This is my Humvee. If I don't you want put the one dent on, I'm gonna kick your ass. I don't ass. want any dings, dents, or scratches. I'll have your ass. Like weird. what? Okay, <laughs> thanks. Like I wonder, if, like was he a friend? Like I wondered because he seemed, I don't know, like that was an odd. That the was an voice odd sounded moment. familiar. He's sort of like Wolfgang Puckish, but it's not Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, like, yeah. was he a? Wolfgang I don't Puck's know. a good shout though. That was it was like that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a suddenly a fleet. You're not wrong of government vehicles <laughs> going off in hot pursuit. Uh, they were already like in like, the cars, up and ready running. to go. And this is where we get like one of those bullet style 
car chases through San Francisco. Michael Bay's version. Yeah, exactly. It's a fucking yeah. Hummer and, oh my uh, God. and a yellow it's, Ferrari. It is adrenaline-fueled adrenaline bullet chase through the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> it's not gritty. Bullet's it's very, car was badass, yeah, but... It was awesome. Yeah, Goodspeed Commandeers, the Ferrari. Uh, Mason's crashing through the streets. Awesome flying car stunts. Mason crashes through a construction site, crashes through a truck hauling Yosemite water bottles. Yes. Um, being <laughs> like trying to catch up in the chase. Um, he got the Ferrari. He's like making good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all like all the way, like uh, law enforcement vehicles are like catching flack, like blowing up, like getting knocked off. Mason knocks a car into a telephone pole. There's a fire crash. The pole falls down across the street behind blocks the behind road, Mason yeah. blocks the blocks the road. Not without like cars flipping through the air. It's and, like unbelievable. And like everything that's happening as a amazing. result. Good speed on a dime. Is he? He's not from San Francisco. No, but he recognizes the roads closed. Okay. I'm going to cut down a block. Takes a detour around the pileup through a building. That's wow, the, why not? Oh well, why not? <laughs> yeah, like another line delivered with that rhythm. That he referenced. I got this point for someone who hasn't operated a motor vehicle in 30 years or any vehicle for that He's matter. Good. Mason's rocking the shit. He is. Does that does that Her Majesty's Secret Service training kick in immediately? A Hummer's got to be so unlike anything you ever it's could like have a driven tank before. With I, power steering and everything else? I mean, I literally, though, I thought the same about the Ferrari. Like, from what I understand, a Ferrari is really hard to drive because yeah. it's so powerful. Yeah. Powerful like, and the steering. If turns you hit the on gas too fast, the wheels are just going to spin out. You'll donut like a donut out or fishtail or something. Three weeks of weapons and vehicle training is not going to get that done. Good in this Ferrari, yeah. Anyway, it's at that point that the Humvee owner calls Mason on the vehicle's car phone. <laughs> I'm only borrowing you, Humvee. Was that the line that pissed you off? Yeah, just growing up, I never. It just didn't sound. Uh-huh. genuine to me from Connery. What about earlier I'm when the cars were flipping in the air and he's like, I hope you're insured. Yeah, that's even worse. That one didn't... Okay. Going back now, watching it the last couple of days, Those the Humvee the, the, the line bothers me less now. That's the Michael Bay magic. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> you drop change a your joke mind, into baby. the middle of a Change your mind. Anyway, Mason uses the car phone then to call information looking for a Jade A-N-G Jaloo. Angelou. Angelou. Uh, no. We see an elderly lady step out in front of Mason who swerves into the side of a cable car. <laughs> I'm virtually certain that was a man. Uh, the, the, uh, it, the or stunt, or the it was person. a much younger stunt lady dressed up as, in yeah, like, period. Old like, person. Yeah, old person. So, they were like, they looked like an actor trying to walk like an old person. Yeah, very like, like, very shaky. like shaky with the arm way up. Looked like the Wicked Witch. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Humvee knocks the rear end of the trolley off its track. Mm-hmm. The cable car goes sideways. Riders are just falling off into the street. Yes, it's incre- It's pretty good stunts. I love it. Like, good speed somehow is able... Like, I would have run over every civilian in the road. You would have hit them all. Do, 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 do. <laughs> like, run over all... It's miraculous that he didn't hit a single one. The trolley starts hitting cars. The driver says... We're gonna crash! Save yourself! I love that driver. Just makes me laugh, man. I love him. It's so did you ride good. cable cars when you were in San Francisco? I I did not. Like on so, in, on some level, it is sort of public transit, but it's also yeah. a tourist thing. Yeah. So the the drivers are kind of entertaining as they go. Yeah. And they have like a tip jar and stuff, and they're giving you like a history tour as you're riding. I. I'd be that geek, though, who was, like, riding cable cars just to get around because that was, like, one of my favorite things was, like, riding the cable cars. It was so fun. Yeah. So then we see Goodspeed swerving to avoid a group of 
wheelchair. Why? Why? There, okay. I swear to God, there were wheelchair basketball players yeah. and bad boys also. Like, oh, okay. Like that. I felt like it's just like him like giving Bay a touch. shout out. I don't know if he knows someone who's in a wheelchair or something like this, but it's kind of cool. It's cool because it's uh, not the normal. It's not the homeless lady pushing a cart right. of cans. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In every other. Oh movie. my god. Uh, we see the Ferrari jumps the curb, mows down a row of parking meters, they cracking the windshield. It smashes the shit out of that, that windshield. That car is fucked. Uh, anyway, Goodspeed spins to a stop at the bottom of the hill. The airbags deploy. The windshield is intact. The, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> we don't even ask. The cable car is careening down the hill, smashes into an SUV. There's a huge explosion. Throws the trolley car. That stunt's awesome. Where that throws it up in the air. Incredible. They did that for real. That's badass. I think they added CGI flames, like more flames than was it, there. It but looks, they jacked the thing up in the air and dropped it. I don't it even know how. Incredible. It looks amazing. It crashes down, rolls over on its side, slides down the steep incline towards the Ferrari. Goodspeed frees himself from the car just I feel like before he, like, the shot. Shot the airbag to, to deflate I, it and uh, bailed. Yeah, like. I mean, and then we get the like good speed, like stands up and that Michael Bay low uh, pan around. You got to have the trademark Michael Bay shot. It's like sort of low angle looking up at him. Yeah, well, it's panning it's around, rotating around them as so the, good. the music swells. I love the dude on the dirt bike. Hey, man, you just fucked up your Ferrari. Back in high school, we used to laugh like you just fucked up your Ferrari. <laughs> it's not mine. And the dude starts laughing. <laughs> he shoves him off that dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, dude laughs. Stanley pushes him down and seals his bike. And friends, <laughs> that's enough. That's a lot. But wait, the trolley driver. I, I uh, gotta pay respect to the trolley driver because he dude fucking is kills awesome. me. You can hear him in the background. He's like saying, "My baby's going down in flames." <laughs> but then they cut back to him and he's like. Damn it! This sucks. It's I love that. So good. Where's that son of a bitch at? I'm gonna hunt him down. That motherfucker ain't safe nowhere. Do you think that they just told him just improv ad guy? Lib, just ad lib. Give I us wonder a if lot. he was an actor or whether he was like an actual San, city of San Francisco <sighs> trial driver. I feel like that dude was such a comedian. I feel like he was probably a comedian, but I have no clue. It's like a cheesy and a cheap joke, but man, it makes me smile. He it, destroys it. Makes me chuckle. It. I can't help it every time. Damn it! This, this sucks. sucks. <laughs> What else can you say? Like that's your that's your way of making a living. Yep, it's smashed and burning. I love it. I this love it. Sucks. This episode though, this movie does not suck. Neither did this episode. We think you should go back and <laughs> listen to it again. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> we don't have a subscribe button, but go back and listen to it anyway. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying week two of our breakdown of the Rock, and we'll um, see you next week. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>